Welcome to the Affiliate Interview Series by Statstrone. Today, we are chatting with Ryan Nupel from Noop Solutions, and we're talking all about content. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Affiliate Interview Series, and today we have Ryan Nupel uh, from Noop Sports, and he does a lot of different things. So I'm going to let him uh, do a better introduction and tell us what you do. Hey, John, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Uh, super excited to to be on the other side of an interview. I think I had interviewed you at one point in my uh, career as well, but uh, thanks for having me on. Um, so Ryan Nupel, I own Noop Solutions, Noop Sports, uh, everything Noop that you can find out there. Um, but really at the core of what we do, um, we're a content agency that's servicing uh, a lot of sports betting affiliates and gambling affiliates. Uh, and operators uh, through content. So we, we we have a team of writers and content creators that uh, just create content all day, every day. Uh, when I mean content, I'm talking editorial writing, uh, social media content, and uh, as of late, diving into the AI side of content as well. So I live and breathe content, and that's uh, that's where I've been for a long time. So thanks for having me. I'm excited to dive in here. We'll save the AI content towards the end because I probably got a few questions and I know you've uh, jumped into it earlier. Uh, so the first thing I want to talk about is you you were working on affiliate sites. And I think you said you basically said rather than do both, you, you went all in on content. And for me personally, I think it's kind of smart. And, you know, in my experience, anyone that I've talked to as content creators or people even getting started off as affiliates, I always tell them, I say, hey, if you're trying to get off the ground, Affiliate sites can take some time before you build up revenue. And I believe, you know, what's what's a bonus of what you do as content is you get to learn from a lot of really sharp SEOs, like in mm -hmm. terms of going, this is what we want, this is how many words, and they're kind of giving, re, giving you like the, the recipe for success. So I just want to pass it to you to say, uh, you know, what have you learned over the years? And, you know, why, why are you happy more on the, the B2B uh, aspect of doing content, even yeah. though you're still talking about what you're passionate about, like, you know, sports and gaming yeah. yeah i mean so b2b has been my life i mean that's where i've grown my business that's where i'm making you know money for the family and all of the above and so i actually never really wanted to go down the affiliate b2c side i never i never intended to go down that because at the core of what we do right we're serving affiliates and we're help, we're partnering and helping affiliates and so it's a little counterintuitive to think oh wait now i'm going to compete with who i'm serving and, and helping and so i was never uh, i never intended to go down that path but what happens is, you know, as we as we continue to get more and more content internally delivered, you know, we're always hiring writers, trying writers, trying creators. And you don't want to just bring in a writer and say, hey, we're going to put you on one of our big projects that is client facing. And so we started building up this like internal minor leagues of, of writing. Right. So these little websites that we started throwing content at and you do that for three, four five years. And all of a sudden I'm looking at these sites like oh crap, there's traffic and there's there's stuff coming into these sites because we've just been throwing content at them. And so then the wheels start turning and you start, you know, as we do, as all entrepreneurs do, we start going down this, oh, I could do something with that and I could make it an affiliate site and kind of go down that that rabbit hole of, of actually making the sites good. Um, and so I went down that path for a little bit and, and just continued to get frustrated and continued to understand I already understood that there's a lot more that goes into it than just content but you you quickly see that and it becomes very apparent that like oh man this is like a full-time job to be an actual affiliate and so that's not necessarily what I want to do so we backed off of that and, and really just doubled down on 
on focusing on serving um, affiliates and operators through content. So yeah, kind of like got off track a little bit as we do as business owners sometimes, but hopefully now um, back on track with what we're doing. Uh, and, and to your point, John, yeah, I mean, I feel like we learn a lot from our partners and clients, right? I feel like we see it all. Um, and and a lot of times we're in that servant uh, mentality where even if we, we're not a lot of times asked for our expertise on SEO. It's more like, hey, here's how we think of SEO. Now your team go execute that. And so we get a lot of um, you know knowledge just from those conversations and, and really understanding what the industry is doing as a whole uh, and kind of seeing it at a very, very wide level. Yeah. Uh, I want to take a step back. So what led you to go into a career of content writing? Like, how did that all get started? Well, I'm not a writer. That's what's funny. Um, like, I, I considered myself a sports junkie and an educated person. And so I had a job I didn't love. I was in the corporate world for actually was uh, Caterpillar, the big yellow tractors cat. Uh, I was there for 15 years. And I would will say, Hated about every minute of it, to be honest with you. It was just not me. It was not fun, but I was there for 15 years. Um, but really quickly, I kind of realized, man, I need a hobby. I need to kind of do something else outside of what I'm doing here. And it had really was not intended to be my full-time thing, but I started dabbling in this whole, hey, let's create websites and let's, and this is back in like 2003, right? When Google AdSense is now just kind of the thing and this whole mindset of I could create a site, put a little content on it, put some ads on it and make a few bucks was kind of intriguing to me. Right. Um, so I started dabbling in that. Um, one thing led to another. I got connected in over it. Uh, I, I was always a poker player, kind of a gambler. I just like that, that, that space. Um, got connected in over at poker affiliate listings, um, which is a, was a big forum back in the day that people. Jeremy Enke. Jeremy, my buddy Jeremy, still to this day is in the industry, so I have a lot of stories uh, back then. But I, I, I just jumped into that community and and started interacting with people. And one thing I kept finding was, man, these people just kept like, "Hey, I'll pay you five bucks to do an article," or "I need content, I need content, I need content." So I'm like, "Well, anybody can write a game, uh, like a 500 word preview about tonight's game. If you know the game, you know sports. I'm smart enough." So I started doing that on poker, on casino on sports. And one thing led to another that I just kept building and building and building like these, I guess you call them clients at the time. At that point, I was just doing it kind of as a hobby to make a little bit of money. And then, you know, seven years ago, I was able to leave Caterpillar and I kind of reevaluated what I was doing and said, man, I'm making about as much here as I am here. Let's leave Cat. Let's do this full time. And, and now uh, transition that from just myself into a big team that now helps me. So that was really it. I didn't go into it with this. I'm going to be a writer or I'm going to be in content. It was kind of a fell into it. And now that's what I I've made my my career out of. I, I like these accidental success stories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I wanted to talk about, you know, you basically got into the whole freelancing uh, space before a lot of people even used that word. I'm sure a lot of people back when you got started said, like, you know, why are you spending time uh, going here? I find that a lot of people, they kind of overlook freelancing and they think, okay, I need to start a SaaS company. I need to start mm -hmm. an affiliate site. And they totally overlook freelancing. And I think, you know, if you actually spend more time with freelancing, I think the beauty of it is that you can get started. Like you said, in the poker affiliate listings, like, hey, I need content. How long does it take you to write an article and, and get paid for it? It's you can do that and be up and running, making money as opposed to waiting 
who knows, like could be six months or many months or even a year before you start making any decent commission. So, um, you know, what's your take on freelancing? Do you find that like the general public is still not giving it the attention that it really deserves? And when do you think people's mindsets are going to change going, wow, you know what? I don't have to work at this corporate job. I don't like I could actually I could just do video editing for 20, 30 hours a week. Yeah, and I think that that is the problem, right? I think people, uh, as a as a general whole, freelancing is a lot of hard work. I mean, it is a lot of time, a lot of hard work, and you got to put a lot into it. Whereas, you know, it's not one of those things that you're going to be like, "Ooh, I'm going to spend a few hours and make a lot of money." You know, you're directly getting paid for the amount of time and effort and energy that you're putting in, and so. I think, you know, I, I just think that's where the disconnect lies because it's hard to do a side hustle when you already have a full-time job and now you got to kind of do another full-time job as a freelancer. Very, very tough to balance that and, and, and execute that unless you're really willing to put in tons and tons of time. So I think maybe it gets overlooked a little bit simply because people don't feel like they have enough time. Um, but I do, I, I do still think it's a great place to start. I think you learn a lot because as a freelancer, you really have to you're basically running your own business all the way from selling yourself to executing, to doing the invoicing, to customer service. I mean, you have to do everything yourself. And so you kind of learn a lot about business without even really meaning to um, as you go down that freelancing route. So you, it seems like you do a lot of uh, content more for affiliates than operators. Mm -hmm. So given that, you know, you get to see a lot of things that a lot of people don't see in working with customers and kind of getting a chance to pick their brain on SEO, what do operators not know about content and SEO? Well, the, I don't know if it's that they don't know. Um, what, the one thing that stands out, I think operators, you know, obviously aren't reliant on content as much as affiliates. And so I think, you know, one, I don't think they treat it quite as importantly simply because they don't know that they need it as much. Affiliates are, they live and breathe on content. That's how they get their traffic and how they make their money operators not necessarily um, so I don't think they've spent as much time trying to understand um, SEO and content because it's simply not their bread and butter um, so I think there's probably a lot that they don't know you know from an actual X's and O's side of, of SEO and content I feel like there's probably a lot that the operators don't know because they haven't really dove into it fully uh, now some of them have you know that's not to discredit all operators because there are some doing a really good job of it but I think as a general whole it oftentimes gets kind of like uh, put to the side right like uh, we'll do that at some point we'll do that later or we'll do it on a kind of small level um, but as far as you know what exactly they don't know I, I don't know if I have a good answer there for you um, I think there's probably probably a lot that they're they're missing and, and not just simply because they haven't dove in. Yeah, my personal experience is anytime I look at, um, you know, whether it's game providers or operators and go, what kind of content could they create and do they create? And it's not often that you actually see an operator that does it well, where you can not only look at their backlink structure, you can mm. pretty much uh, reverse engineer what are they ranking for and what content they're creating. Yeah. And I just find it strange that not a lot of operators have invested in that where they're almost more reliant on affiliates, which ironically enough are the content creators. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. uh, I believe that there's actually a bigger opening for the game providers of going, you know, how could they bridge the gap between affiliates mm. and, and game providers where, you know, they always think that everything has to go in a chain affiliate to the operator, to the game provider. And I, I've been talking to a few game providers that are going, you know, what does it look like to network 
or to have like an affiliate portal. And I think these things will slowly take time, but I just believe there's a missed opportunity for them to go, what content can they create? Whether it's, sometimes it could be helping their affiliates, but at the, the same time, it's, uh, I think a lot of these operators and game providers, they don't do themselves a service when I, I just wonder, I'm like, are you not looking at the very small competition that are actually going ahead and doing it? And, yeah. you know, grinning that n- none of their competitors have caught up. Yeah, I think uh, you nailed it there that they do rely on affiliates as their content arm, right? Hey, affiliates are putting that content. They're pu- publicizing us there. We don't necessarily need to do it in-house. Yeah, I think they'll catch up. I think that operators will start to realize that, you know, they uh, that it's important, especially on the social media side. I mean, maybe not as much on the SEO side, but on the social media side, I think if they don't have a presence on some of these channels, um, they're going to start to get behind. Because as we're seeing, you know, short form video and, and content of that form, you know, it doesn't always have to just be the SEO side, of, you know, the written side. Um, but the social small for, short form video, that stuff's really uh, making big impacts for some companies right now. And so if, if any of them are not doing that, I think they're they're going to find out they're missing out pretty quickly. All right. The next two topics. Are you getting involved in video and what's your take on video? Yeah, so we are. So I think video is huge. Um, so thanks for asking. I kind of led right into that one. But, uh, you know, I think video through social media is is really important um, and, and being short form. I don't necessarily we don't do a lot with the long form videos and all the production behind it and the editing behind it. I think the raw um, the raw video that you can do through a platform like TikTok or Instagram reels or or YouTube shorts, you know, those types of things. Um, really where you can put out a quick piece of content and get all these views and all this attention to your brand, right? We're all after attention. And so getting that attention through those channels, I think is huge. And I don't think it takes a lot of production um, time and money to do it, right? It's a, you need a good personality. You need a good creator um, who knows how to use the tools that they have and they're able to put that out. So are we getting into it? Yes. On behalf of brands, we've started working with three or four different brands over the last uh, few months running their TikTok accounts. I mean, we've seen it a lot on TikTok because like I said, I don't think the industry is doing a great job of keeping up with some of those channels. And so as we go out and look at a lot of the, even the operators, they're not doing TikTok, right? They're not doing some of that short form video. So we're trying to put, you know, our creators, um, in a place where they can now help these brands through that type of content as well. So yeah, we're diving in. Um, again, we don't do a lot with the editing side of video, but just the pure creation of it. Um, you know, we do a really good job because again, I got a team of like 70 or 80 content creators. They can write, they like to talk about sports. A lot of them, not all of them want to be on camera, but a lot of them want to do some things like that as well. So I wish we were doing more, but I, am a true believer that it's the future. Um, and we've already seen it, you know, it's, it's not like it's brand new. It's, it's been here and it's going well for a lot of companies, but I'm still a believer that there's a lot of upside for many brands. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, my personal belief of why I think video is always going to, it's going to get popular, but I think it's going to remain a pseudo untapped channel, mostly because mm-hmm. of that lack of comfort. It's the fact that we can all start writing content, um, but not everyone's willing to jump in front of a video. And I think the biggest thing that stops people is they're worried about, okay, you mm-hmm. know, it, I don't present a certain way. I don't have the experience. Or when you watch someone who's been doing it for years, you're not realizing that, you know, they took those years to to really kind of, uh, you know, get sharp at what they do. 
hundred percent. And that's in all forms. I mean, I, I feel very comfortable on camera now, but like, I was not always that way. And trust me, my first few times of video, I was scared to death. I'm like, I'm an idiot. I don't, I don't like how I look. I don't sound right. And I still don't. Right. But now once you've done it and you put in those reps, you just kind of get over that. You get past that. And, and the fear of what others think kind of goes away. And um, as long as you're going into it with the intent of, you know, you're doing good things for your brand and your business or whatever brand you're serving, um, man, don't worry about what people think. So get over that quickly and, and you'll find yourself um, moving forward in the video space for sure. I think the irony there is content, no mistakes, video mistakes are kind of good because it, you know, it shows uh, relatableness. You're right. There is some irony there. You know, we're, it, yeah. Yeah. The quality, <laughs> uh, the quality assurance of video. Sometimes it's okay to mess up, right? Whereas, like, if I'm writing a two thousand word article, I better not have very many mistakes in that, if any at all. <laughs> and the sad irony is that mistakes in emails, especially outreach, are becoming very useful because people are like, "Oh, they didn't copy and paste this automated message. So there's a mistake in there." Oh, yeah, that's great. That's, yeah. that's a nice little marketing hack there, you know. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunately like when you're on the affiliate side, you get all of them. Uh, you know, I, we have access to two thousand accounts that we signed up to and sure. for testing and. We, we see everything. And the worst ones now are you have two days to comply urgent and it's, it's not urgent. It's straight up promotional and they're still yeah, doing it. Sure. And that's uh, I, I call that brand damaging, but yeah, that's yeah something for else. sure. For sure. So how has AI content not put you out of business without the exception of you getting involved in AI content? Yeah. I mean, I think if I ignore it, I think if, if I truly ignore it, uh, it could, it could potentially put us out of business from a, from an editorial side. Cause I think the time is definitely coming. It's not here yet where, you know, tools like chat GPT and some of those things uh, or, you know, custom tools that people are building are going to be replacing all forms of editorial content. I, I truly believe there's going to be um, that's going to happen. Um, now, um, is it here yet? No, a lot of those tools are still not good. They're not performing like you want. They don't sound right, but, it's getting there and they're progressing and they're moving forward. So, you know, I had to make a conscious decision. Everything in me wanted to ignore its existence because I'm like, no, I have a team of writers and we write exactly. and this is what we do. And I don't want to even think about it. But then like, it just kept pulling at me. Like if you ignore it, you're going to be a fool. Right. And so we have to adjust with the times and we have to embrace technology. Um, so we went out and actually kind of went the opposite extreme. And instead of ignoring it, we acquired an AI content tool that was, I would say, 70% developed already. Um, and so then we took everything that we know from an editorial side, and now we're building in um, building knowledge and sports data and integrating it into all these different systems. So we're really trying to create this tool that does exactly what I just said it would, would be in the future, where it's going to be able to write, you know, full sports game previews yeah. and player prop articles and game prop articles and hopefully eventually things like lottery articles and casino articles and things of that nature. So, yeah, truly kind of replacing what we used to do with a new solution um, that is smarter, cheaper and scalable for everyone. Right. And I guess uh, for that uh, system, like, you know, for the company you acquired, I guess the engine behind it is just having all that data. Yeah, I mean, I true. I I think we're in a good position to, um, to be able to develop a tool like that, right? Maybe not from a development side. Not like I have a team of coders and developers and things of that nature. But when you think about content and you think about AI content, 
the the biggest question that comes up every single time, the first question is, well, how unique is it? It has to be unique. If you're creating all these articles and are they the same or are we going to see patterns and, and things like that? And so one thing that I think sets us apart is we're using our team to help train and write these variations within this tool. So so we're taking, let's say we take a sports preview and we look at the intro, right? The intro has two or three sentences typically to just a sports game preview. Well, I'll go to my team and say, hey, take this one sentence and write it 200 times, however they can think of. And we'll do that throughout every piece of, of a sports preview. So yeah. when you kind of back off and think about that, it's not necessarily an AI tool. There's, a, there's some AI elements that go into it or we're using our team and we call it coded content. So it's, we're kind of coding this tool integrated with sports data, putting all this variation into it. And it's spitting out some pretty amazing stuff that uh, we're excited about the future of it. So it's pretty cool. And then if we can use chat GPT and some other tools to, to maybe integrate into it and help it get even smarter and smarter, um, we'll, we'll continue to explore that. I think uh, as time goes on. Sounds very interesting. And I think something we'll have to definitely have a chat about. Yeah, for sure. For I love talking. As you can tell, I get passionate about it. I love it. Yeah. Well, let's save that for now. I'm sure probably in a short period of time, we could probably do a follow-up strictly on AI content. Sure. Uh, like I'm, li I'm literally knocking on the doors of going, how can I work with this? And I think a lot of people, when they get started, it's more about going, well, can it help me become a better writer or help you with mm -hmm. the ideation mm -hmm. of content? Uh, I think that's the building blocks. And then, of course, it's like you said, um, the case studies seem almost never ending where it's all about if you have access to data, can you take that data and, you know, manipulate it and use it to produce content? And I think we, we kind of know the answer to that is yes. Yeah. I think you bring up a good point there. You know, even if you're not going to fully use it, you know, to generate your content um, as a company or a brand, or even an individual that has a site, you shouldn't ignore the fact that it can help you get there faster, you know, building your outlines and, and giving you a topic ideas and things of that nature. Um, yeah, I think that was a great point. Even, you don't have to go all in on it, but you, you might as well use it to help you um, help you get there. So our team is really just trying to get educated on the whole space. That way we can help other companies, even if they want to just kind of go in, we can help them through that process of, of using it to create better content. And then if we get bored and we can't figure it out, we're going to use the AI to write perfect emails. And then we're going to change some of the spelling to make it incorrect and send them out. Well, you can just ask it and tell it. <laughs> misspell three words, please. <laughs> there we go. You're, you're already a step ahead. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, Ryan, this was great chatting. Uh, we'll definitely catch up uh, again, of course, a couple of times throughout the year at various conferences. How can people get a hold of you? And we'll make sure we'll leave uh, the, that info in the show notes. Yeah, I mean, you can find me about everywhere. I love using LinkedIn. So Ryan Newpole out on LinkedIn, please friend me, message me out there. I love using that platform. And then you can look us up at Noop Solutions. So that's K-N-U-P solutions.com. Uh, that's kind of the business -y side of our website, what I've been talking about today. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn, website, and you can find me on all sorts of other channels as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. John, thank you. I wanted to say I, I really appreciate what you're doing for the industry as well. And I respect uh, everything you guys are doing. So keep up the good work. Two thumbs up. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for listening. And if you could do me a big favor, could you leave a comment or a rating wherever you listen to this podcast? It'd be a major help and it'd help us boost our rankings. Thank you so much.